This is Train by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth, and we're continuing through the book of Isaiah. Um, we're in Isaiah 6, and we've gone over the epic seraphim call um, that's in verse 3. And then there's a passage that's kind of hard to understand um, that Jesus quotes, actually, in the book of Mark. And it's in, starts in verse 9. And he said, Go and say to this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Then I said, How long, O Lord? And he said, Until cities lie waste without inhabitants and houses without people, and the land is a desolate waste, and the Lord removes people far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. And though a tenth remain in it, it will be burned again like a terebinth or an oak whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. Such a sad thing. And, and Isaiah responds to that like, wait, why? You know, like, how long? How long um, are these people going to stay this way? Um, is kind of what he's going going at. Like, he just responded, here am I, send me. And he's having a difficult time because God sends him on this mission and he's not going to be understood. Um, and God tells him that. And um, Jesus quotes this same scripture when he talks about the parable of the sower. Um, uh, he says, and when he was alone in Mark 4, verse 10, and when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside... Everything is in parables, so that. And it's really interesting that that's the description. For those outside, for those outside of what? Why was Isaiah given this command, and then Jesus continues this command? Um, you know, there's lots of whys we don't know. But the disciples were a very chosen group. But they had given up things to follow Jesus. I mean, there was a reason God set forth those disciples. And God asks us to seek him. And in both cases, the people had a lot of religious teaching. Um, some of it supposedly biblically based. Um, they had a lot of teaching. But what they didn't have was people leading them who were truly trying to find out what was going on with God, which was different than the leading of Moses and Joshua and David and Solomon, some of the time anyway. 
And so that's part of the problem. They didn't always have consistent leadership. And I think specifically in the temple, because in in the time of Isaiah, there were four kings, two of which were pretty good. Um, all of which listened to Isaiah to a point. Um, and so it wasn't just the king, it was the priests who had compromised and who had um, changed some things. And in Jesus's time, the priests of his day were actually kind of manipulated into place by Herod. And so they really weren't intending to serve God. They were really intending to serve government, which comes out later. But they put a religious shellac over everything. And Jesus just blows that off over and over and over again. But the people are surrounded by all this religious babble without seeking the truth of God and asking God to, you know, asking God's opinion, God's input, God's command, God's lordship, they're just wanting to pass by and do the checklist. And that's a similarity which I'm sure is part of the reason for this, because when you hear something over and over and over and over again, and it's repetitive, you kind of dull your ears to it. You just don't hear it anymore, especially if it's not something you're interested in. You just kind of turn away. And in both instances, they wanted some things, but they really didn't want God. Um, they wanted to be fed, they wanted to be healed, they wanted to be secure, um, but they didn't realize they had to follow God to get the things that they wanted, and they didn't really want to follow God. They just wanted to do the little checklist stuff and do their own thing, and I really think that speaks to our modern culture. But notice that Israel, God prophesies that Israel is just going to be devastated. Just devastated. And it gets devastated twice. When this is repeated again after the time of Jesus being here on earth, Jerusalem is devastated all over again. All over again. Um, and so this comes with a big warning of what happens when we grow dull? What happens when we don't seek God's presence? What happens when we don't stop and say, wait a minute, what does that mean? Like the disciples do with the parable of the sower. And we'll see mixed reactions to Isaiah, both here and again in the New Testament when talking about Jesus. And there's just these mixed reactions. Um, so there's a lot of controversy because people aren't hearing, people aren't seeing, people aren't understanding, and part of it is they don't want to. Now, earlier in Scripture, in some places, the reason for that 
is that they're following things, idols in their case. Um, in our in our case, it could be money, possessions. They just don't have ears to hear and eyes to see. And so they become like them is kind of the analogy. So when we hit one of those passages, we'll go over that. But Isaiah is here at the very beginning. He's been sanctified. He's thinking great. Um, it, It was right after Uzziah died and Uzziah didn't completely listen to God, but tried very hard in times. And so Isaiah is kind of hoping, well, okay, that happened, and we've got these enemies around us. God, what are you going to do? And God gives him this fantastic vision, and he he is asked, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And here he is enthusiastically saying, here I am, send me. And then God tells him, this is going to be hard. You're going to go and say to to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. And Isaiah's immediate reaction, how long, O Lord, shows that he wanted his country to be healed. He wanted the people around him to be healed. And God's telling him that's not what's going to happen. I'm going to send you to proclaim my message, but that's not what's going to happen. Not right now. And he... He... gives him this promise at the very end of it. The holy seed is its stump. There'll be so little left. But what will be left will be of joined with the holy seed, which is the Messiah, which is Jesus. There's this little bitty promise in the middle of all this devastation. And yet, the promise is so much bigger than the devastation. But in comparison, here, listening to it, it's it's hard to comprehend that a stump remains and is going to build anything big. And yet that's exactly what happens. Let us pray. Father God, it's so tough when we when we get to pieces of the Bible that step on us and and we we fall over the cornerstone who is Jesus and we realize and we become humble about who we are and what we are about, and we realize that you're calling us to you, but there's 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 some action there. There's something we have to do with that, and it's not easy because we're surrounded by a culture that doesn't hear, that doesn't see, 
that doesn't understand. And yet we have to, like Isaiah, continue to go. Because you love people and you want to redeem those who will see and hear and understand and have faith with the help of your Holy Spirit. We don't know who those are. We don't, we really, we can try to parse out why you pick certain people and why you don't. I'm thankful that you picked me and I don't understand it because there are times that even after you picked me that I've messed up and failed. But I thank you for your redemption and your mercies that are new every morning. And I thank you that you've given me a message to go. And you've given me hope that no matter, even after all the destruction of Israel and Judah, twice, that that didn't change your plan for Jesus to be Messiah, which is really incredible and really is a miracle story in and of itself. That, that your land and that your people existed to, for that to happen after the land had been devastated is actually a miracle of itself. And for those who believe in you and still need to see the Messiah to exist today is just a miracle. And we need to understand your heart for all of the Holy Seed. So Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for being the root. The Holy Seed, the stump from which everything must grow. We must be connected to you. We have to. And, and stop us. Help us to listen to the Holy Spirit and stop us. When we, when, when, when we get so much information, we're just not listening anymore. Help our eyes to not be distracted to other things and blinded, but help them to be turned toward you and restored in sight. Help our hearts to be renewed and create in me a clean heart. O Lord, my God, and renew a right spirit within me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your work of translating the word and doing the same as Jesus did to the disciples there when they were asking about the parable of the sower and making sure we're inside and you explain it to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for sealing us until that day. Help us not to quench you in any way. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen. To you be the honor and the glory and the power and the kingdom forever and ever. Amen.
Hi, this is Train by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth, and if you would like to know more about having a relationship with Jesus or need a Bible or need prayer or want to join this podcast, Proclaiming His Excellencies, please send me an email at trainbygrace2 at gmail.com, and in the subject line, put podcast, and I'll be happy to get back with you and, and pray for you. Um, God bless you, and remember, you are one of His excellencies.